got a story, I've got a story, we've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of AB&T's Beyond the Bank. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by my fellow Leadership Albany board member and headmaster of Sherwood Christian Academy, Dr. Brian Doherty. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Brad. It's great to be with you today. It's wonderful to have you. Now, there's any number of subjects that we could be talking about today, but I'd really like to focus in a little bit on your background, your journey to Albany, and then I want to talk through what all you guys have cooking at SCA these days, and then, you know, how those activities sort of factor into the bigger picture of what you've got going on in your life and what's going on in the lives of the people in this community. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, first of all, thank you so much for sending over the quick bio. I do appreciate a little bit of background knowledge before we jump in here. Uh, One thing that stood out to me, a lot of activity in uh, Indiana, you know, Purdue grad and then a doctorate at Ball State. So I've got to assume, is is Indiana original home for you? It is. I was born and raised in Indiana. I really enjoyed my uh, Hoosier roots and um, appreciate just the values that my parents gave to me and the experiences I had. And I, I've got to throw this in there. It's it's a basketball crazy state. So that was my thing. That was my stick. Okay. And uh, I, t- I tell kids all the time, if I couldn't dribble it, I didn't do it. And so I love playing basketball. I ended up going to Purdue University, a fantastic university. Uh, absolutely love my experiences there and uh, got a degree in education. Okay. And I, I love the community so much. Uh, it's, it's one of those uh, college towns that's next to a larger town. And I decided to stay and I, I became, became a teacher and started teaching uh, in Lafayette at Lafayette Christian School. All right. And All right. Uh, though, as I graduated from, from college, uh, going into the Christian school wasn't my first choice. But when it was presented to me and I saw what was going on in that school, I said, Lord, I, w- I want to do that. And so I remember the very first day I can picture those students in front of me. The very first day I stood in front of them. And uh, I remember the Lord just saying, this is what I've called you to do. I want you to impact young people. It was as clear as day. So I enjoyed it, enjoyed it working with middle school kids. And I I taught middle school in a couple of schools in Indiana. Uh, But a big breakthrough for me is I finished my master's degree at Purdue as well. I was offered a principalship at the largest Christian school in Indiana, 1,500 students. Wow. And uh, I was the principal over the middle school. Okay. And so I jumped into administration. I was in my young 30s. Uh, it was it was interesting being younger than most of my faculty, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, just it was God's plan for me, and I continued to grow in my leadership there. And my superintendent was a fantastic mentor, building into me, and I really wanted to jump into a doctoral program. Okay, okay. and so he encouraged me to do that, gave me uh, some support with that uh, financially and time, and I really grew in my leadership through that program, and uh, finished that up. And school started calling. Opportunities come your way. Uh, met my wife during that time at Heritage Christian School. And uh, when my phone rang, we had some opportunities. So we moved uh, not too far north of there. She was actually from Indianapolis. And uh, I spent my time uh, interviewing at a school, Liberty Christian School in Anderson. And I really enjoyed my time there becoming the headmaster of that school, K-12 school. I uh, really just grew my uh, leadership wings uh, in that experience. Uh, and then my mentor... Uh, who was from the northern part of Indiana, reached out to me and said, hey, there's a great Christian school up in the northern part of the states looking for a new headmaster. 
If you believe God's calling you to leave, this would be a great opportunity for you. And I'll tell you what, Brad, that chapter in my life was fantastic. Uh, we moved to the northern part of the state, the snowiest part of the state. Uh, snowed a lot up in Elkhart, uh, but Elkhart Christian Academy was a great time for me. Uh, my parents actually live in South Bend. Okay. And uh, during that time. Yeah, my dad got sick and uh, he eventually uh, got cancer and passed away to be right there just in the neighboring community uh, with my parents during that time was fantastic. But uh, my four years of growing there were fantastic, too, because it was a church sponsored school. Some people may not know some of the way these uh, schools are organized, but you have independent schools and you have church sponsored schools. And so I was in independent schools all the way up to that point. But my church sponsored school experience in Elkhart set me up for where I am today. Gotcha. To understand that symbiotic relationship between a church and a school, how they shared resources, how it even worked, and I uh, really enjoyed that. But it was during my fourth year there, it was in January, I got a call uh, from a, a good friend. He's, he's well known in the Christian school world. Uh, my, my predecessor, Dr. Glenn Schultz, mm-hmm. he was headmaster at Sherwood Christian Academy, he called me up out of the blue and said, Brian, I'm going to be retiring soon. I need someone to replace me, and, and I really would like you to take a look at this opportunity. And I'll tell you what a privilege to even be called and being considered for that. I said, I said, Glenn, uh, you know what? Let Rachel and me pray about that. But we uh, moved forward in that process, ended up interviewing with uh, Jim McBride over at Sherwood yeah. Baptist Church. And uh, it was through our visit and interaction with people. I, I looked at Rachel and I said, I think this is a place uh, where, where God's leading us in our next chapter of, of our work. And we're going to be raising our kids here. My kids were little at the time when we moved here in 2011. And uh, it's been a marvelous experience. I've absolutely loved it. Uh, they've extended a lot of responsibility to me. I serve as an ordained member of the pastoral staff at the church. And, and I began to understand how does Sherwood, its whole footprints, not just a school, it's not just a church. There's so many ministries there, but the integral role that the school plays mm-hmm. at Sherwood Baptist Church. I just absolutely love Sherwood Christian Academy. Nice. My son graduated a couple of years ago. He's a, he's a junior at Mercer. I got my daughter here uh, finishing up as a senior at SCA. I'll throw this little piece in there. I've, I've been going to school with my children since they were in K3. I know how that goes. It's, it my is, wife's a school teacher. There you She's go. She's had hers, ours with her. And I, I've absolutely loved just being with my kids. Uh, my wife teaches at the school as well. But next year, when Caroline graduates this May, uh, we're going to be empty nesters from a school standpoint. <laughs> It's going to be hard on me. Uh, it's so much enjoyed being with my kids. So I'll bet that's I'll my bet. journey. And, and and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, Brad, I fell in love with this community. Yeah. Um, about that. You, you know, you, you run into people that sometimes will say, well, why are you moving here? There were so many positives that I saw in this community and I saw in this school, uh, in this ministry that I thought that this is where I need to be and where God's calling, God's going to take care of it. Sure. So, um, I have nothing but, but as I look backwards, I have nothing but smiles knowing that the Lord brought me here. It's been a great chapter and I'm looking forward to many more years here. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and thank you for giving us that, uh, that background, Brian, and bringing us up to speed. Uh, I do want to uh, take a little time to, to kind of look back to those, you know, dribbling a basketball around the neighborhood streets days before you, you kind of have an inkling of what you want to do. Uh, but just in that brief synopsis, it sounded like you went into education pretty quickly uh, as a career choice, and it uh, sounds like you had a pretty clear idea. You, you know, said that being in the, impacting the lives of the youth was mm-hmm. very clear to you. 
When did that, when was the first inkling of that? I mean, did you grow up in a household that was sort of focused on what you can do to help others? You know, not everybody has that sort of, I want to impact other people going on in their lives. Yeah, I appreciate that. And actually, it, it, you'd be surprised, a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, uh, when, you, when you look at my, my, my father is a, is a second generation college graduate. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, he passed away 10 years ago, uh, but you're going back all the way to the 19 teens. My grandfather graduated from college. So with my, my siblings and myself, we were raised in a home. College is your next choice. There is not a, an option. You're going. So I knew that. And my mother worked at, at a local university in the college and career placement office. So she was helping students graduate and, and look for that next step. So really, it was interesting. My mom was feeding me a lot of information about these are different things looking at your skill set you could do. And I continued to just graduate, uh, gradually go back to, uh, I really enjoyed kids. I'm the youngest of seven, a lot of uh, nieces and nephews. It's a big family. It was a big family. And and so this is going to sound funny, but I spent a lot of time babysitting. And I love being around kids. I, I became their favorite uncle because I was not that much older than them. And I played with them. My point is I was around kids. And then when I started um, just kind of volunteering and working with little kids and other groups, uh, I realized I got an act for kids. And, and there aren't too many men that just simply line up, sign up and go, hey, I'm going to become a teacher. So I ended up becoming a middle school teacher. And I'll tell you what, it just, uh, it was a, it's a great place for a man. Uh, usually like, kids see women throughout elementary school. Yep. And, and I, I know I'm, I'm that first man that many of them saw. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, I take great pride in that, that they had a good experience. I have relationships with some of the students I taught uh, over 30 years ago. Uh, they're, they're in their, their late 40s now. And, and they reach out to me just to know, wow. hey, you know what? You made a difference in my life. And so um, and when you when you when you find that sweet spot in your life. Everything else comes together. Um, I didn't get into it to become rich. I tell my teachers, if you got into this to get rich, uh, the joke's on you. This is this is not. This is all about altruism. It's about giving back, and that was that always stoked my fire. Giving back, and and so I, I know my my parents were proud of me. Was I, as I grew in my teaching craft and I became an administrator and just making a, a bigger difference with the roles that I've expanded with, but. Uh, that's been my passion. My passion is to see young people reach their full potential, go out and make a difference in the world. And, and I get to see that. It takes a while. It's one of those delayed gratification careers. <laughs> You're not going to see it for a while until they grow up. They're, they're not going to come back and thank you till, till at some point in life realize, you know what? I didn't get here by myself, but that, that's been my journey as an educator. I, you know, um, <clears throat> being married to one who's, you know, 20 plus years as an educator in elementary schools. Um, we're at that point where, you know, I kind of chuckle, seems like, uh, you know, they remember her sometimes more than she does. And it's always, you know, we're at the mall at Christmas looking for something in Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the clerk comes around from behind the counter. Oh, Miss McEwen, just hugging on him, you know, and that's just so cool to see yes. and know that, man, I wish I could have that kind of impact on life. That's right. And I'll tell you the most rewarding and your, your wife may appreciate this is sometimes it's the, it's the kids that were difficult. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was the stinkers that they come back and they, they, they say, you know what? I, I appreciate what you did for me. <laughs> There's a lot in that line when they say that. Oh, yeah. I, 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 part of me thinks you have to be wired up to love that part of it, to that, put up with it. That's right. That's uh, right. Cause man, my wife, see my wife after school sometimes. And I'm yep. just like, I don't know how you do it. God yeah. bless you. And I tell my every, every August, as we do pre-planning, Brad, I love to tell my teachers, I, I, I say to them, 
I need you to look at your students and recognize who they could become. Who are they going to become one day? Don't look at what you see, but how can you be a shaper and a molder of who they're going to become? You might have a a doctor in front of you, a future future pastor, a future president. You don't know. And the words that you share as a teacher are huge. They they will stick with kids, both negative and positive. So I, I always remind them that. It's one of those joys of parenting I've had to learn. <laughs> yes. Know, they remember everything you say, especially the things you wish they'd forget. Yes, that's exactly right. It's, it can be used against you. Now, uh, now, Brian, you know, obviously there's, you have a passion for, for young people and impact in lives, uh, but it's very clear to me, too, and it sounds like it was pretty clear to you. Um, you got a passion for something else, and that is your faith. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about, you know, I think people make a decision as educators to be in a school that is connected to a religious affiliation or to a church versus a secular type school. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about just your your journey of faith. Oh, I so appreciate that. You know, Brad, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a home that, that had good values, of course, but it was not a Christian home. But I'll tell you, at an early age, I had this sense inside of me that there's a God in heaven who loves me, and he was drawing me to himself. I just didn't know how to find him. And, and, and most people think now today, not only the role I play, but also being a pastor that, oh, you must have been raised in a Christian home. And it was a smooth sailing. Not at all. It was, it was a journey of seeking, quite honestly. But I'm so thankful God put that in my heart. But it wasn't until I was at Purdue University. It's a state school mm-hmm. where, where God put certain Christians in my path. And there was something about them that was peculiar, something I wanted. And so it was a, it was a college age pastor named Steve who befriended me. He didn't, he didn't hit me over the head with a Bible. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't even say, Hey, I'm a Christian. He just said, Hey, Brian, I just want to, I want to spend time with you. And, and I, I kind of watched him from a distance, but we'd go, of course, the number one thing he loved to do with me was go play basketball. So we'd go play basketball all the time. And he would just befriend me. And, and it's during college years. That's what I have a love for these high school kids and trying to prepare them. As I speak to seniors every day, I'm trying to remind them that, Hey, your next step, and, and we're a college prep school. So they're going off to college. Mm-hmm. 100% of them graduate from our school and, and 98% of them going to college. Usually you have one that goes into the military um, or goes somewhere else, of course. Sure. But the point being, I'm trying to prepare them for that. And when they get to that college level, they're going to they're gonna be faced sometimes with questions like, who am I? You know, Who is God? What in the world am I doing here? And those are the three questions I wrestled with as a student in college. Yeah, I knew how to do school, but who was I? And I know there's a God in heaven. How do I find him? And what in the world am I doing here? And so through Steve, I was introduced to Jesus Christ. I put my faith and trust in him. It was literally like, like my eyes just were wide open and realized there's a bigger world out there. There's a God out there who loves me. And he's got a special plan for my life. That's what changed my life, quite honestly. And Jeremiah 29, 11 is my favorite verse for I know the plans I have for you. That, that, that was just so enriching to my heart. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Yeah. Plans to give you hope in a future. So as a college student, it just started to, it's like the, the lens on the microscope just getting got clearer and clearer. And God said, I got a great plan for you. Just, just watch me, watch me work. And so when I graduated from, from college, it wasn't so much I was seeking out Christian schools. I just knew I wanted to make a difference where I was going to go. And God put another person in my path. Happened to be a Christian school board member who came to me and said, hey, who are you? He worked at the university played pickup basketball with him. And he said, what do you do when you graduate? So I'm going to be an educator. I said, hey, you ever thought about teaching in a Christian school? 
I said, no, tell me more. <laughs> Literally by hand, took me over to the local Christian school, showed me around, told me what they were about. And, and right away, God put that fire in me. It's like, you know, we need to do this. And like I shared with you earlier, I knew from day one, this is what I was supposed to do because this is more than just in, infusing knowledge into the life of a student. It's giving them a, a faith that will last them forever. Sure. That's what tripped my trigger. And, and so as a teacher, I did that. And my, my principal at the time when I was a teacher recognized not only was I a good teacher, but I was integrating my faith into the learning for these kids. And she is the one, Mary Jane English, she was the one that said, one day our school is going to need you to be a principal. Make sure you finish your master's degree. And I was already working on it. And uh, it was amazing when I finished that, she recommended me to the new superintendent. There's your next middle school principal. So it's another, it's also that reminder that you don't get there on your own. There are people in your life, whether it's your parents or reminding the students at school, your parents have gotten you here. Who else has helped you? Your teachers have invested in their coaches. And so as a, as a young adult, it was an elementary principal over me that said, uh, you're in the middle school now. We need to be the principal. Amazing. You need sponsors in this world. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. You know, uh, Brian, I look back on a lot of the troubles that I've had in my life, and part of it was because I was not so quick to ask for help. Right. No matter what that help was, whether it was a spiritual guidance or whether it was just from another human, like, hey, man, yep. can you help shoulder this burden? Because you want to do That's so right. much for everybody else. And part of those teen years, you have this sense of, I want to become an adult. I want some autonomy. And you think you know better. <laughs> and, and and you and I both know there's some some people have a degree from the School of Hard Knocks because <laughs> oh, yes. it's part of the maturation process. You, you know, but you look at the book of Proverbs, it's saying you can go down that path or you can seek wisdom and you can seek counselors that can help you. And you can alleviate some of that pain that you, yeah. you could have had. Yeah. It doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to hurt. <laughs> At least not that much. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so mentoring is, is part of what I do. I love to do that. And so when kids come to my office, I always want to have an open door policy with them. Hey, got time to chat. Of course, some of them break out in cold sweats when they come to my office. It's funny to watch adults come in my office. Sometimes. I mean, you are the headmaster. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> But I want that to be the rule. I want kids when they leave our school to recognize, you know, my headmaster loved me. He made time for me. He knew my name. Mm-hmm. I, I know every kid's name because that's so important. I tell I tell my teachers all the time, the sweetest word in the English language for these kids is their name. And you call them by name. Now, selfishly on the administrative side, knowing their names, it's a great discipline tool. <laughs> you call out their name, that catches them. Oh, well, um, <laughs> Just a quick, a quick, and not really an aside, but real quickly on that, uh, Brian, I've got a colleague who has a child that goes to SCA and just happened to be speaking with that colleague this morning and, you know, mentioned, oh yeah, I got uh, Dr. D coming in for a podcast. Um, He said, well, I just got to tell you something. It's like, yeah, what's that? He's like, he remembers everybody's name and I just can't tell you how awesome that is. He's like, that makes a huge difference, Brad. I mean, a huge difference. And I was like. All right. All right. And here you are talking about that. There you go. That so is, just so you know, it is having an impact and a positive one. Amen. Thank you for that. That yeah. just made my day. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, so let's talk about some other uh, positive stuff that's, you know, sort of in the now. Um, got a pretty good, clear picture of sort of how we got here. Now we're in Albany. It's been a decade. Uh, you've seen a lot of things go down. A lot has happened at SCA. So, you know, give us a little idea of you know, what's going on on campus these days? What kind of things are you most excited about? And 
sort of, you know, what this past 10 years has kind of meant to you personally? Yeah. And being a local yourself, you can appreciate the transformation that at SEA has experienced. Oh, yeah. You know, when I got here, there was an elementary campus on, on Stewart Avenue. It was the, one, the original building. Yep. We started K-12 down there and used the church. And that was in 1985. And it was in 1994, the, the, the leadership at, at Riverview. Of course, the, the people from Albany will remember Riverview Academy out there. Mm-hmm. And of course, back in those days, that was the sticks, uh, even though it hasn't oh, yeah. really developed that much out there. But the point is that was way out there. Uh, but they approached the church leadership about selling that campus and the school was growing. There was a there was a, a private school enrollment has had grown for quite mm-hmm. a bit in those decades. And so they purchased the Riverview uh, property and moved the uh, the secondary grades out there and and, and that continued to grow. And so between 94 and about the time I came, uh, the place had grown, but also the property at Stewart Avenue had, of course, fallen under disrepair. And we went through some strategic planning at that time. So I was brand new and they were asking me my opinion of the school. And, and I told them, I said, there's going to be great economy of scale and, and a, a great brand new branding if we could move everybody out there. And it's huge. And and so if anybody local drives by that, they recognize that that doesn't look like the same place. So what we ended up doing was added enough classroom space and and uh, new cafeteria, new media center, new science lab, new computer labs, uh, and, and, and brought the older, the younger kids over. And now we're only operating, um, you know, one cafeteria. Mm-hmm. You're, you're operating. You've, you've created. <laughs> well, that's right. You, you, you've really decreased some of your expenses, but you've streamlined some things. But I'll tell you the synergy of bringing K to 12 together out there and renovating the rest of it to look like the brand new parts that we built. It, it to, to the average person, it looks like just a brand new campus. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Out yeah. There. And then if you keep in mind, too, uh, you know, following Facing the Giants, they built Legacy Park. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just, uh, you know, the pecan groves out there, but it became Legacy Park was enveloping the school. And I'm telling you, Sherwood Baptist Church now has uh, created over 100 acres of incredible ministry out there. It's a beautiful place for our community. And so when we... Uh, it was in 2015. We finally finished all that renovating and moved everybody over. It was a new day for SCA. And a lot of people inquired into the school. The enrollment started to grow as well. And it was just an excitement. And so we've been riding that wave. Um, and um, really, uh, I'm so pleased with the, the caliber of students and teachers that we've brought to the school. Everything's just been moving in a positive direction. But Likewise, we've been adding some enhancements that you have to add to a school because times change. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'll, I'll tell you, like a couple of the selling points for parents is we also upgraded, for instance, our security. Mm-hmm. Our security. I mean, it, you you know this. Oh yeah. Columbine changed everything oh, for yeah. this for the school world, and 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 even in the Christian school world, in the surveys they gave parents over time, the number one thing parents are looking for is safety over even the faith-based component of your school. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to embrace that. And uh, we worked really hard. And so we really have a state-of-the-art security plan at our school. Uh, we have, you know, the perimeter fencing. We have electronic gates. Uh, we have uh, controlled access to our school. We've added all of those pieces and uh, emergency response system. And that that is one of those pieces that we share with families. They just go, wow. And so security has been enhanced, technology has been enhanced, and 
you know, I, I want to put a great plug in there for our instructional technology director, Vicki Davis. Vicki Davis was a, is a huge acquisition for our school. Uh, she uh, She's from Camilla, so she's local. Uh, but she is um, an accomplished uh, tech educator herself, even known worldwide. So she does a podcast. Uh, <laughs> she's the Cool Cat Teacher online if people go to Cool Cat Teacher. Um, and uh, she's not only teaching, but she's leading my teachers through technology training. Uh, she just got named, in, in, uh, honestly, here in January, Brad, she got named the top global education influencer in the, in the world. Wow. By ISC Research. And on, on January 1, she was part of an ed tech piece in the uh, uh, New Year's Day edition of the USA Today. Wow. Right here from South Georgia. That's pretty cool. Vicki Davis is is promoted this way. <laughs> and we are the beneficiaries of all that she brings. She loves the Lord. She loves SCA. And uh, she's pouring into our kids. But what she's done is she's grown our technology. Uh, we added a filmmaking class teaching kids how to make film. And you know, lo and behold, Stephen and Alex Kendrick, they have mm-hmm. their children in our school, they come and they've come and they've spoken to the students to teach them a little bit how to use the equipment that we purchased and, and how to make film. And they do a great job of investing back into our program. And so Vicki Davis has expanded this whole idea of filmmaking. They have their own YouTube channel called Sherwood Showstoppers. Mm-hmm. And some of it's fun. Some of it's like a, a weekly news report to the school that we air through. Uh, our technology projectors throughout the entire school. And so we're, it brings us together. They've, they've done some short link films. We're teaching them how to use the, the technology in the digital world. Just recently, SCAD down in Savannah yeah. had opened up a state-of-the-art studio and they gave us a uh, kind of a, a VIP tour of it. And, and a group of our kids from that filmmaking class, Stephen and Alex went, uh, Vicky took them. And, and they were able to see the just the cap just the capabilities of what technology can do to influence the world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so grateful for Vicky and the investment she's making, watching these kids grow in filmmaking. We're going to expand that from high school down to middle school as we grow our program. Uh, she's also bringing programming to our school, huge uh, computer teaching and, and t- critical thinking skills come together in programming. If you can teach kids programming, uh, there's so much, it just opens so many doors for them. And so Vicky's brought uh, programming to our school. And so I've been excited about the innovation that's going on for our school. And it's not just locally here. We're we're building connections with other schools. Uh, Chris Hatcher, a good friend over there at the 4C Academy. We're connecting and and sharing resources. He recently gave us a tour. So I took some of my key people over there so they could see what they're doing. The partnerships are happening, but it's because SCA now is is really a cutting edge 21st century school, uh, preparing our students for what's in store for them. They're they're inheriting a different world than you and I did. Oh, man. And and so it's hard to stay on top of that. But having somebody like Vicky there uh, pouring into our teachers, teaching them the, the the importance of critical thinking and how to use technology to enhance your teaching. Uh, I couldn't be more thrilled with what we're doing there. I bet that piece was pretty big the last couple of years with using technology to reach oh, and educate your students. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Brad, n- n- none of, no educator will forget March 13th, by the way. And March 13th, 2020 happened to be a Friday. So I remember. Friday the 13th. And uh, we remember getting ready for that. And I told Vicki a week ahead of time as I was watching the news, I said, you're going to need to brush up on our on our playbook for for pivoting to 
uh, online learning. Mm-hmm. And she did that. And we had no idea they were going to shut our school down. And honestly, friend, we pivoted on Monday morning on this, on the 16th to digital learning, to online learning for our kids. And we couldn't have done it without somebody like Vicki and the foresight that she had. But our families were thrilled with how we handled that. Now, we all know a whole lot more two years later. Sure, sure. And my point is, even the research says that online learning is not best for kids. Yeah. But we were able to continue their education. We were able to be cutting edge in that. And if we need to ever pivot back, we're, we're there for that. But I'll tell you, we've been fighting hard since that spring of 2020 to it's all about in-person and how do we safely provide in-person instruction to these kids. Every educator in this community will tell you that's the best way to educate oh, yeah. kids. We all know that. No two ways about it. So, but yeah, she was huge in helping us through that transition. It was honestly, it was seamless. Brian, you've, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of times the word community and um, you talk about uh, the school and the church uh, as creating something for the community and beyond. So tell me, talk to me a little bit about just Sherwood's role in the community and how you see that. And then some of the activities that you engage in personally to, you know, help build that connection throughout the community. Cause I don't know that that was always there historically. Um, You know, as a younger person, there was, a little bit of, uh, you know, what, what, we don't know what they're doing out there. <laughs> great, great point. And, 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 and I, I'm going to do this from a universal standpoint, even typically your, your private schools and typically your, your churches that we, we unfortunately can become just kind of our, our, our own, sure. me, me and mine, my four kind of thing. Yep. And, and we don't want to do that in Sherwood. You, you see, you see the banners in the, in the signs in the community and, you know, Sherwood loves Southwest Georgia. We mean that. And I, I believe that Sherwood Baptist Church has put it sort of like it's money where its mouth is. Because it's invested in things that are beyond what you would experience on a Sunday night, a Wednesday night, or Sunday morning. Uh, we, we've invested in lots of places. And so you have an Albany Biblical Counseling Center, which is huge. And I, pro- I tell you, Pastor David Smith does a great job of leading that. But there are so many people in, that are potentially in crisis, have emotional needs. And the sooner you can get help, the better off you are. But to have a, a counseling center that provides counseling from a biblical perspective is huge. Um, you, you know, the Coca-Cola company uh, bequeathed to the school, the old Coca-Cola plant yeah. that we now call the Hope Center. That was a vision of Michael Catt to be able to, and Jim McBride, to be able to have a place where, uh, shall we say, the inner city may not ever come over to Sherwood Baptist Church, but they'd be willing to come to a place as we've come to them to reach the community. It's been a huge conduit to reach the downtown area. It's been used in so many ways. Pastor Ken Bevel does a great job of leading the the efforts there. Food drives have gone through there. Uh, GED classes, uh, trades classes right now. We we open it up and and there's this this great relationship, this trust being built with people in, in, in the inner city. And I love that. Uh, and so, and the park is open to everybody. It's a beautiful place. And and so we have the youth programs out there. Uh, Pastor Patrick Sebesta does a great job of well, literally, he could tell you that between the three sports seasons, they serve over 1,200 athletes, young kids. Uh, so think about all the touches that are going on there. Oh, yeah. And then the school just becomes a, you know, we're a you know, distinctly Christian college prep school that is, that, that, that is important for some people and they want that. And so we're doing all of that. So 
we are constantly trying to reach out to this community. Our, our passion at the church you know, is reach this entire city for Christ. Though we're known for movies and those go around, <laughs> we still hear that and it goes around the world. If we're not doing it at home, sure, you know, we're not happy about that. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and so we've, we've put an investment in all of those things you know, to reach this community. Uh, many of us on the pastoral staff have civic involvement. So you and I enjoy mm-hmm. uh, Leadership Albany Board together. Um, I serve on the Albany Area Chamber of Commerce Board. Yep. Love that. I'm a member of the local Doherty County Rotary Club. Why do I do that? Because I have something to provide the community as a leader and, and I want to make a difference. And so I've been able to touch different groups there and bring some resources from the ministry to even bless those those groups. Yeah. Uh, others of us uh, are serve. Uh, I know that, that the children's pastor, Mark Scardino, serves on a um, an advisory council at Sherwood Acres Elementary School, which yep. is right across the street. The relationships there. We 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 open up, you know, the, the church facility if the school needs it for something. Those relationships are important. We need each other in this community. But if we build silos, uh, that's not good. No, that's not good. And Sherwood is not a silo ministry. So those are some of the things that I've appreciated about what we're trying to do and reach the community. And and I want to put a plug in here. Um, you, you, schools can be t- very territorial. Sure. They can be. And, and once a month, this happened a few years ago, once a month, I had breakfast with, with Alan Lowe from Deerfield. Yep. Uh, Ken Dyer from Doherty County Schools, Jason Miller from Lee County, and Nehemiah Cumming comes over from Worth County. The five of us eat breakfast together. We pray for one another. We share uh, resources together. We we support one another. There's a genuine friendship between all of us. It's awesome. To hear. It is. It is awesome. It, it's not competition because each of us offers something for a segment of our, our community and, and together we're providing those needs together. And so, um, and, and one of my other roles in the chamber is I serve as the chair of the talent education and leadership mm-hmm. committee. And, uh, and, and so what I'm trying to do there is bring community leaders and educational leaders together. And how do we, continue to enhance workforce development. That committee is, is an incubator for that and looking for success stories and how can we partner two different entities that need each other to continue to foster this for our community. And we're seeing great strides in that. Uh, the 4C Academy is kind of the, the, the brainchild of that in that here was something that was built in our community to help meet the employer needs in our community through workforce development. And so uh, Chris, Chris Hatcher will open up his facility allows us to have that committee meeting there and all these community leaders coming together in that committee to, to wrestle with talent and education and leadership development, everything that we need. And we want it to stay here yeah. in Albany. We want it to stay here. So those are some of the things I'm striving to do along with my peers and pastors at uh, Sherwood Baptist Church to reach this community and reach it for Christ. But we want to make a difference. That's really exciting to hear, Brian. And, and I love that sense of the, uh of the community and togetherness and, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, what's going on on our own campus. We've still got to be a part of the bigger campus. And, um, that's right. You know, I think one thing we can all agree on, uh, you're not going to get any argument from my side of the table or all the people that I deal with on a regular basis is there are a lot of people in Albany that have a need, whatever that need is. That's right. So seems to me that organizations like SCA, Albany chamber of commerce, leadership, Albany, Whatever the case may be, we've all we've there's some need that could, we could be meeting together. That's right. That's right. 
And, and then to teach our, our students this as well, one of the big things, one of our pillars is community service. And so we not only, and every school tends to do this, you have required community service hours, but we take our students out corporately in the middle school, school and high school into our community to meet real needs. We spend a lot of time trying to figure out where can we, we be used next. Mm-hmm. So we've done things like cleaning a local park, painting a church downtown, working with uh, Chiha, Thronatiska, and, and we're getting our kids out. And, and it's so neat for people to go, man, I really appreciate what you did today. Thanks for coming out. Well, that to me is a, a, a day well spent out of school mm-hmm. to get our kids to understand the joy of serving and giving back. Because again, our culture is all about me. And, and unfortunately, too, it's for kids. And it's, I'm not picking on the kids. It's very kid centric. Our culture is very kid centric. Teaching them about others is so important when they're young so that they understand a lifelong habit of, of investing in others. They need to make a difference where God's planted them. And I love that. In fact, I don't know that there's a whole lot else that needs to be said following that. We just got to grow where we're planted. I love it. Amen. Now, Brian, before we get out of here, I do want to give you an opportunity. Um, you know, is there any, you know, specific initiative or anything kind of going on uh, with SCA that, you know, you want the community to be aware of? Or is there, you know, something that the community, in fact, could do to help SCA? Yeah, great question. I mean, first of all, you know, uh, awareness is huge, especially people who have lived here for a long time. SCA is is a, a place that wants to partner in this community, be a part of this community. And, and anytime somebody has a good experience at SCA and they share it with others, that's huge. I, I, I tell my parents all the time, you're our best marketers. Any school, that's true. Yep. And um, there are a lot of good things going on. So uh, like your line of work, you know, we're, we're always working on our social media posts to put the good word out. Um, so if people like those things and push them on to their friends, because that's, that's a great way to get, you know, get the story out is social media. It's your blog on your, your website. Um, using your web, uh, website as a vehicle for uh, you know, just introducing people to your to your work. Um, but if pe- people could see that, that SCA is a part of a big ministry that Sherwood Baptist Church is, because um, we really are. Uh, oftentimes I'll meet families in my, in my office and it's not required that you're a church member, you come to SCA, but we will have that conversation. And it's interesting, you know, we don't have a church home. Do you know where we could go? And, and I talk to them about, hey, we want you to be plugged into a house of faith. Sherwood Baptist Church is one place to go. And I'll tell you, the youth ministries and the children's ministries are vibrant. We introduce them to that. But if I can help them land somewhere else, I want to do that. So I want the community to see us as a, as a community partner and, and not uh, you know someone who's just decided we're going to put our four walls around us. Mm-hmm. That is not who we are. And um, I want our community to just celebrate that SEA is a vital part of uh, that kind of landscape in our community because it's a rich place. SCA and Sherwood Baptist Church, it's a rich place that we want to make a difference. Well, it, part of the reason it's such a rich place, though, Brian, is because of people like yourself who take the time to get involved and serve on things like Leadership Albany Board to be a member of the chamber and just and not just be a member, but to serve. Thank you. you. Know, it's not lost on me that, you know, it's the Sherwood bus that's taken our class to all the class days. Um and even if the thing was painted white, nobody knew whose bus it was. I know that it would be there taking those classes. Thank so you. It's just neat to see, uh, just neat to see that kind of stuff. And I thank you for providing that kind of leadership throughout. Oh, glad to do it. I love Albany. We've enjoyed our time here and look forward to many years together in the future. 
Well, that answers my, my, my last question. So we'll expect uh, you to be in Albany for a long time, and we'll expect this to be the first of many times you will come join us on Beyond the Bank. Uh, it would be a pleasure to come back. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brian. And uh, thank you once again to all of our loyal listeners. Back again soon.